Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today. And let's pray. Uh, loving God, as we enter into worship this morning, um, we've sung these songs that help prepare us to hear your word, Lord. Uh, but as we enter into worship, we also come in with uh, distractions on our mind and uh, possibly expectations as well. And uh, it's our prayer that we could just set those aside and let go of them and truly open up our hearts and our minds to hear your truth spoken to us this morning. Bless us, we ask in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, one day there was three guys, Andy, Bob, and Chris. Andy, Bob, and Chris were backpacking, and uh, as, as they'd been out for days, and then they, they came down the trail, and they came up against a very large river, just violent water, uh, current, the whole deal. And uh, they were trying to figure out, you know, contemplate how they were going to cross this river. And uh, Andy uh, prayed to God. He prayed to God and he said, God, give me the strength. Give me the strength to just cross this river. And poof, all of a sudden, you know, Andy was just had huge arms and huge legs. And he immediately just ran towards the river, jumped in and started swimming. And, uh, you know, he, he nearly drowned. But uh, after a half hour, he made it to the other side. He successfully made it to the other side. So uh, Bob saw all of this and he was thinking about this, but he saw how long it took him. Uh, to get to the other side. So he's like, hmm. So he prayed to God. And he prayed to God, God, give me the strength to get me to the other side of the river. But not only give me the strength, but give me the tools to get to the other side of the river. So poof. Uh, Bob was given, you know, arms of steel and strong legs, and he was also given a rowboat. So Bob jumps into the rowboat and rows across. It takes him about 15 minutes. He almost capsizes, but he makes it to the other side successfully. At which point, Chris had been watching all of this, and Chris also prayed to God, and he prayed to God, and he said, God, give me the strength, give me the tools, and give me the intelligence to get to the other side of the river. And uh, poof, he was turned into a woman, and uh, <laughs> I always wanted to just stop there and like walk off the stage. And uh, she looked at the map, and she walked about 100 yards up the river and took the bridge across. Boom. There you go. I'll be here all morning. Um, so today I'm excited to be talking about prayer and share a couple things about prayer. And I'm also excited about sharing some vision of what we want to do in the life of Stonebridge Church uh, this year with regards to prayer as well. As well. Um, but I want to start first with our scripture, which is Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John, that would be the Baptist, just as John, the, John taught his disciples to pray. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. And we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. 
Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your persistence, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you parents, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is God's word to us this morning. So we're going to just jump right into the outline. And uh, the, the first thing I want to share with you is this. Number one, prayer is an assumption of the Bible, and prayer is an assumption of Jesus. Prayer is an assumption of the Bible and Jesus. Now, I'm not sure if you consider point one novel or not, but I do. The Bible never defines prayer, and the Bible never prescribes prayer. I think that's interesting. The same goes for Jesus. Jesus never defines prayer, and Jesus never prescribes it. Neither the Bible nor Jesus ever say, this is what prayer is, and now that you know what prayer is, now go do it. Instead, both the Bible and Jesus assume it. Starting at the beginning, our Bible heroes from Moses to Abraham, from Hannah to Hagar, our Bible heroes just talk to God and God talks to them. The fact that prayer is an assumption teaches us something about prayer. You know what else uh, is assumed by the Bible and Jesus? Eating, breathing, drinking. Neither the Bible nor Jesus ever define breathing and never command it. It's never like, this is what breathing is, now go breathe. It's just assumed. Jesus just breathed. What I think this teaches us about prayer is this. As natural as it is to breathe, as natural as it is to eat, as natural as it is to drink, is how natural it is and should be for us to pray. Now, I know that that's not true for everyone, that there are some of us who struggle with prayer, but ideally, it should be as natural as breathing for us. And I think that's why the saying, there are no atheists in foxholes, rings true for us. Crying out to God in our distress, crying out to God is instinctive. It's natural. Prayer is an assumption of the Bible and of Jesus. Neither the Bible nor Jesus define what prayer is. So, get this. I'm just stupid enough or just arrogant enough to try to define it myself. <laughs> so, number two in the outline. Prayer is a two-way conversation with God. Prayer is a two-way conversation 
with God. And I come to this conclusion through observation and through experience. Prayer is a two-way conversation with God. I was, um, I've shared a lot about my family, uh, you know, over the years and stuff. Uh, I have two older brothers, uh, much older than me. And I just thought they were the coolest. And my brother David, now I'm, I'm flashback to the 1970s. And uh, my brother David had blonde, like, like, call it polar bear hair, like just really blonde hair down to his shoulders. And he would come back from college, and I was just a little kid, and uh, uh, he would lay out by the pool. Remember um, coconut oil? He would like put coconut oil and lay out by the pool. And in his hand, he had a transistor radio. And yeah, some of us remember transistor radios. And they were like cutting edge technology at the time. You could have a whole radio right in your hand with like the extending, uh, what is that thing called? Antenna, yeah, 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 antenna. And, and as a little kid, I mean, for the first one, I just thought he was the coolest guy. But the same thing, so I used to get into trouble because then my brothers would go back to college and then I would rummage through all their stuff and basically get in trouble. But one of the things like I went after was that transistor radio because, because I was a little kid running around in army clothes pretending I was a soldier. So I would play and pretend it was a walkie-talkie and, and like turn on the radio and I would hear voices and I'd be talking back. Now, of course, I was pretending, uh, you know, Transistor radios receive the signal, uh, but they don't give a signal. Now, <clears throat> contrast the transistor radio with walkie-talkies. All of my sermon illustrations end up in Disneyland. So another part of my childhood experience was I have a lot of cousins, and uh, they would come into town for Christmas and New Year's and the Rose Bowl Parade and the whole thing. And, uh, but, you know, we would, it was a very big thing when I was a little kid. We would all go to Disneyland without the parents. And, uh, but we would go long before cell phones, there were walkie-talkies. And we would go around, running around the amusement park, and we'd break into different groups because there was like over 16 of us. And we'd, you know, be on the radio, hey, where are you right now? You know, and, you know, Space Mountain, where is Space Mountain? Meet us at Space Mountain, you know, all those kind of things. So walkie-talkies, transistor radios. Now, if you were going to base a healthy relationship on one of these, which one would you choose? I would hope it would be walkie-talkies because you have the opportunity of a two-way conversation. The rubric for a healthy, good relationship is two-way conversation. So it requires both talking, but it also requires listening. And now I want to take a moment to just focus on that second part, listening. Listening as it relates to prayer. As a pastor and as a friend, I have never had anybody come to me and say, I have a problem talking to God. I've never had anybody say that. I have had people come to me and say, I have a hard time listening for God's voice. So I want to address that a little. And at the, um, at the risk of oversimplification, I, I want to suggest the following, especially as it relates to hearing God respond to our prayer requests, which is this. God's going to respond to all of your prayers in one of three ways. Ready? He's going to say yes, he's going to say no, and he's going to say maybe. And I relate these things to a traffic signal. After church today, you're going to get in your car. You're going to go down Cochrane this way or that way, right? Tapo or Stearns. And if you're like most people in Simi Valley, you're going to be going 65 miles per hour. No, 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 bad but you're going way too fast. And as you approach the, stop, the, the stoplight, there's three things that are going to happen. You're going to get a green light. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to just continue going. And sometimes God just gives us a green light. And 
continue. You're, you're heading in the right direction and everything's fine. Continue. And one way you'll know that God is saying, yes, green light, go. One way. There's other ways, and we can talk about that on the patio. But one way is that you will have a sense of inner peace with regards to the direction and the decision you're making. So there's green light, go. And then let's talk about red light, stop. Um, so you're heading towards the light, right? And when you see a red light, you know, you don't really think about it. Red light means danger, stop. And so we stop our cars. And I think God responds to our prayers with red light, no. And here, here's the thing, green light is inner peace. We don't like hearing, right? Let's just talk about it. None of us like hearing the word no about anything. Like you have your friend or, you know, your partner, whatever it is, and you say, hey, can you make me a, a sandwich for lunch? And they go, no. And you're like, your feelings are hurt. <laughs> Why is that? We just don't like those two letters, N-O, no. And God is going to respond with a no, red light. And we have to recognize that our, sometimes our feelings are hurt. Okay, but when we look beyond those feelings, what we can recognize is that actually green lights and red lights are really easy to hear from God. It's just very clear. Like, if you don't stop, you are going to be endangering yourself and endangering others. And you may not understand it, but we can trust God's sovereignty and God's, uh, uh, you know, infinite wisdom that we need to stop. <laughs> so at least we can come to terms with, uh, come to peace with, even though it doesn't feel good, that red lights are pretty clear. The problem with driving and the problem with prayer is yellow lights. Yellow lights. So you're going down Cochrane and you're going towards Stearns and the light turns yellow. Now what some of you do is you put your foot on the gas and you, you charge, right? Uh, at the risk of uh, collision, at the risk of hurting yourself or others, or, right, wisdom tells us a yellow light means slow down, caution, maybe end up coming to a stop. So when we're praying and God gives you a yellow light, it requires more of us. The Bible talks about waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord requires patience. And I think our scripture today also uh, talks about this idea of persistence. Waiting on the Lord means, you know, we're going to switch gears from throwing our requests out there and expecting an immediate answer and say, oh, wait, now we're, now we're in patience mode. Now we're in persistence mode. And, and I, I kind of recognized this this morning the encouragement of persistence, because I think what happens, because for some of us, you know, we're praying, it might be 10 days, but it could be 10 months. And I know from personal experience and people in the life of this church uh, who have been praying for some things for decades. And I, I applaud that really, because that's persistence. That's an example of persistence. I think for a lot of us, myself included, wow, persistence is rough. To continue praying, there's a certain point where we just kind of give up and go, well, I'm just going to stop praying about that one. Our scripture today, that when we hear, when we hear a yellow light, <laughs> encourages us to listen to God. And when we hear that, that, that yellow light, which is a mix of metaphors, that's why I was laughing, is um, exercising, waiting on the Lord, patience and, and persistence. So prayer is a two-way conversation with God, requiring, yes, talking to God, but also listening for God. Think walkie-talkie, not transistor radio. 
Three, prayer allows us access to God. Prayer allows us access to God. Have you ever wondered why in Christian churches we pray in the name of Jesus? If I wrote you a check, how many of us write checks anymore? <laughs> Some of us still do. All right. Some of us, meaning me, still write checks. So I'm going to write you a check for $10 million, all right? And I'm going to sign that check, and I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to go to the bank, and guess what's going to happen? Boing! Like, it's going to bounce. Now, imagine $10 million check, and it's signed by Jeff Bezos. It's signed by Warren Buffett. It's signed by Oprah Winfrey. Choose your billionaire, right? Whoever signs that check, it makes all the difference in the world. In the book of Hebrews, we're taught that uh, through his sacrificial death and through his resurrections, Jesus became the perfect priest and the perfect prophet. Now, traditionally, let me explain that a little. Traditionally understood, a priest represents the people to God, and a prophet represents God to the people. In other words, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the perfect mediator between God and ourselves. Through Jesus, we have access to God. Uh, there's a story, maybe you're familiar with it, going back to like the 1860s, America is in civil war, and there's a Union soldier that, that really wants to talk to President Lincoln. And uh, he's just discouraged, and he's on the side of the road outside of the White House. He's been trying to see the president. He's trying to get into the White House, but, you know, he's been rebuffed. There's other people waiting before him, and, and he just can't get in there. So he's just discouraged, and he's sitting on the side of the road outside the White House. And a little boy comes up to him, and seeing this discouraged soldier asks him, uh, are you okay? And the soldier explains, well, I've been trying to see the president, and I can't get in. And, um, and I'm upset because I, I, want a, I want to take leave because my mom's passing away. I'd like to say goodbye to her before she passes. And the little boy hears him and says, well, maybe I can help you with that. And he's a little surprised by that, the soldier. So he says, yeah, follow me. So he, you know, he take, takes him by the hand and starts walking towards the White House. And as they're walking up towards the White House, no one seems to pay much attention to what's happening. And and in through the White House, the little boy walks with the soldier in tow, and, and nothing, nobody looks, you know, nobody rebuffs him, and so on. And so the little boy walks right up to the, 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 the president's office and opens the door and walks inside, and there's other people in there, and the little boy, and nobody looks, you know, no, no suspicion here. And the, the soldier's basically kind of following this little boy, and the little boy walks up to President Lincoln and says, hey, Dad, there's a soldier here with some problems, and he wants to talk to you about him. See, the little boy is the son of the president. Similarly, Jesus is the son of God. And it's through Jesus and through our prayer that we have access into the presence of God. Number four, God requires, I'm sorry, prayer requires humble submission. Prayer requires humble submission. So on this point, I'm going to try to keep it short and simple. And that is when Jesus, we see this in today's scripture, when Jesus is asked, teach us to pray, this prompts 
an introduction to, for us uh, to what we know today as the Lord's Prayer. And today's text read, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And many of us have memorized that a little differently. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. The prayer Jesus used as a model prayer begins with submission to God's perfect sovereignty. Thy kingdom come. I'm always appreciative uh, of leadership that doesn't just say what needs to be done, but also models what needs to be done. And we see this in Jesus' leadership. Jesus, when he teaches to pray, when you pray, but then we also see in Jesus' life on the night of his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he's praying, uh, he's anticipating what is going to happen to him arrested and taken before trial and beaten and ultimately crucified, all of these terrible, traumatic things that are going to happen to him. And in that prayer, in that garden, he prays, take this cup away from me. Like, this is terrible. I don't want this. And then immediately after that, we see, but not my will, but your will be done. Not only did Jesus teach it, but he modeled it in prayer and in obedience humble submission to God's sovereignty. Faithful prayer requires humble submission to God's ultimate sovereignty. So prayer is an assumption uh, is an assumption of the Bible and of Jesus. Prayer is a two-way conversation with God. Prayer allows us access into the presence of God and prayer requires humble submission. So, let me al- just talk a little bit about having talked about prayer, a little kind of vision casting about Stonebridge and this coming year. Um, we're launching, so today's, uh, the title of today's message is called Time to Pray. Um, but that's also the name of bas- basically what we're calling a, a new ministry here. It's, it's actually a, a, a revived ministry, a prayer ministry, and we're calling it Time to Pray. And it's going to have different elements throughout the year, and we, I'm just going to share with you some of the ideas that we've been batting around, and I hope that as you hear these, uh, you'll consider participating in them. So uh, every month, at the, every, the first weekend of every month, we celebrate communion and, at Stonebridge. And as part of that, uh, and now it's going to ask, I'm asking for a little more, a little more sacrifice and a little more of your time. But to make communion weekends a little more special at Stonebridge, we are also going to start at, in the Wills Chapel, the building behind us, asking you to come about 40 minutes earlier. Um, and we're going to have a 30-minute time of prayer. We're going to have prayer leaders there, and we're going to have different creative ways to enter into prayer uh, as a way of preparing our hearts. And pray, right, there's, it's going to be a big year, right? And there's going to be a lot to pray for. And so, uh, to be lifting all that up in prayer, and as well as preparing our hearts to then come into worship uh, can be a blessing for many of us. And for those of us who struggle with prayer, maybe that's a good way to uh, enter into that spiritual discipline by participating with others. Uh, other ideas. Uh, another idea is that we want to um, do a prayer tour of Simi Valley, meaning and you'll hear the details when it rolls out, but the idea of coming to Stonebridge and, and jumping into some cars in groups and then going to different locations in Simi Valley and praying. So, for example, like going to the parking lot of the police department, and right there, that's where the city buildings are as well, and be praying for, you know, the city's leadership, being praying 
for our, our police and, and their responses to things in the community as well as you know, our first responders, or going to a school as a representation of all the schools and praying for students, the student body and, and praying for our teachers and praying for our administrators. So that's, that's another idea. And then uh, an idea that is starting today, which I seeded earlier in announcements, is that we've got a prayer tour right here at Stonebridge today on campus. And uh, following the service, you're, I'm going to invite you to just, uh, if, if you're interested and have the time, to stay an extra 30 minutes. And there's five different stations here on campus that we're just going to be praying for the welfare of Stonebridge in the year 2024. Um, so these are ways to participate, and I would hope uh, that as they, these things are rolled out throughout the year that you would take the opportunity to be a part of that. So let me uh, conclude with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Loving God, as easily as we breathe, um, it is our hope that we would be able to enter into a conversation with you. Um, for those of us for which that is a struggle, Lord, I pray uh, that those barriers would be dropped. Um, and that perhaps because of today and because of the time that we've spent together focused on this topic, Lord, that we would feel more comfortable entering into your presence. We know uh, that is possible because of the gift of your son, Jesus, who paved the way um, and... and uh, bridged the gap, as we sang earlier, in order that we could enter into your presence, and that is such a blessing. Um, Lord, as much as uh, we want control of our lives and we think we know all of the answers, help us always to have a spirit that is willing to humbly submit to your spirit and your will in our lives. We pray these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Things that I don't deserve. I've got some scars, but that's how you learn. It's nothing short of a miracle. I'm here. Think it over, and it doesn't add up. I know it comes from above. I've got miracles on miracles. Million little miracles Miracles on miracles Count your miracles One, two, three, four I can't even count them all You held me steady so I wouldn't give up open doors that nobody could shut I hope I never get over what you've done I want to live with an open heart I want to live like I know who you are 
pray. 